change around my team, yeah, we off the leash. You can look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Better keep your guard up, cause with everything we drop, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to Podskewee. I'm Josh Smith. And I'm Mike Graham. Mike, last week must have done us some good because we're back again for another episode. Still fe- feeling feeling better, feeling uh, more jubilant. I think I saw you put out a tweet that said something along the lines of, uh, I'm ready to be disappointed again next year, <laughs> or I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to be disappointed again next year. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I'm over, I'm over the great couple loss now, or looking forward, and uh, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a fun season of, uh, well, at the end, probably disappointment, but but, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, so we got a ton of news to talk about, Ticats and league-wide, of course. Uh, We obviously took all that time off, and not really much happened in Ticats land, but we're going to cover some of the changes to the front office, uh, the new ownership group. Uh, The last week has seen a plethora of Ticats come back. But I want to start with something a little different. Um... This past weekend, the NFL kicked off their playoffs uh, as a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. I was very happy with the outcome of their game against the Dallas Cowboys. But it was during that game, in the aftermath of what happened, so if you if you don't watch the NFL, and that there's no problem there, I don't have any ill will towards people that don't watch the NFL. You like CFL, you like Ticats, don't like the NFL, that's cool. I want to make that clear, because uh, there's some fans out there that think you have to can only like one, and I, I know you agree with me on this. I hate that. That nonsense, like like what you like, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cole's notes version: the Cowboys had the ball with 14 seconds left in the game, uh, no timeouts, and they decided to run a quarterback draw. And Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Cowboys, slid. And by the time he got the ball settled and ready to go and snapped it, uh, the clock ran out, and the Niners won the game. So maybe some of this is couched in my 49ers fandom. But I was super happy with how that game ended and how the Cowboys completely screwed it up. But there was this, and because, you know, on Twitter I follow a lot of CFL people, there was this sort of bubbling up, and I think it has to do with a lot of the talk about the CFL potentially moving to four downs and adopting some more NFL-style rules. And uh, someone uh, tweeted out, enough talk about the CFL switching to four downs. How about a discussion about the NFL adopting CFL end-of-game timing rules instead? Now, my initial response to this, you can see it on Twitter, but I'll read it here. I go, nah, NFL rules are fine. CFL rules are fine. Let the leagues be different. Players and coaches know the rules. The rules didn't screw Dallas. Their stupid play call did. Now, again, obviously, the team I cheer for won, so I was also feeling a little jubilant and, and glad that they worked out that way. But it, it got me thinking, like, why do CFL fans who hate, and, and, I'm, and I'm in their corner with this, hate when, like, NFL fans shit on the league like the like Canadian NFL only fans like talk about how bad the CFL is and all those sorts of stuff 
but yet they do this stuff too. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't it feel, and maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Doesn't it feel a little hypocritical to watch the NFL and, and just try to come up with CFL centric? You know what I like? It's, am I making sense at all? Or am I just rambling? Well, yeah, because they're doing the exact same thing that they hate done to them. Yeah. So, yeah right. It, it is. It is a bit hypocritical for sure. And, um, you know, I try to, I used to be kind of like that back in the day, you know, I didn't really have anyone, you know, before Twitter and when I was growing up, no one really liked the CFL, so I'd, I'd bash the NFL just as like a defense mechanism. Yeah, but you um, were a kid. Yeah, true. I like, was. I, I, kids kids are stupid. I don't yeah. have a problem saying that. Kids are dumb. As a kid, I listened to rap music, and I thought any, and I literally, this literally happened in my middle school, and you probably in yours too, there were like clicks of like, and it was all about what music you listened to. And yeah. if you were like, if you listened to hip hop, you couldn't be friends with the kids that listened to metal and you couldn't be friends with the kids that listened to grunge. And there were like fights over like, I like, <laughs> I didn't get in them cause I'm, I'm not much of a fighter, but like, I like Wu-Tang Clan, you like Metallica, screw you, we're fighting. It's like, you look back and that's like, what a completely idiotic thing to fight about, especially when you get older. I don't know about you, but my music tastes have changed a little bit. I yeah. like a little bit of everything. I love listening to Dr. Dre, but I can listen to Nirvana just as well as I can listen to Metallica. Like there's good everywhere. So I, but again, I kind of long winded thing. I understand being as a kid being like, Oh, I like this one thing. Therefore I have to hate this other thing. I I understand that. No, but as an adult, it's, it's different, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's a little, it's, it's silly. You know, I don't really do, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of soccer, Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be bashing it. No, you don't like soccer you know I mean? since I I, I never would have right? been able to tell. Yeah. And not that I've never said anything bad about soccer, obviously, <laughs> by your reaction I have. But I'm not, you know, I'm not dissing it every chance I get on Twitter. And that seems what, you know, Twitter is, um, you know, we like wrestling. And it's just ridiculous. The the uh, WWE, AEW oh, stuff is like stupid. Never, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And people just can't like to argue. And um yeah, I think that the NFL and the CFL are both great styles of football, and I, I wouldn't really change much from either except for the Rouge. And maybe there's a few things I'd change from the NFL, but I'm not going to say that one rule is better than the other and you know go on and on about it. So I could see how that could be a little bit annoying. And I don't like some of the CFL's timing rules. Like I think the, the, the premise of the argument is a little faulty. I don't like the fact that the clock can hit zero and you can still get a playoff. I don't like the fact that in the last three minutes of the game and the last three minutes of the half, you can complete a pass in the middle of the field and the clock stops. Like, I think there's some strategy. And I may and maybe that you do it in the CFL because the field is wider, so it's harder to hit the uh, mm-hmm. like the sideline. So I again, I don't I don't hate it to the point of like, oh my god, I I get this out of the game like like you are with the Rouge, um, but it's not it's not perfect. I don't like the fact that the clock goes on extra points. No, I don't like that either. I don't like the fact that immediately after the kickoff, they spot the ball and the clock starts running. Mm-hmm. Like I like the NFL rules where after a kickoff, the clock doesn't start running until the ball is snapped. I think the 20 second play clock in the CFL is an, is a joke. It's not even really a 20 second play clock. You'll see 30, 40, 50 seconds come off the clock before they'll whistle it in. So, mm-hmm. The CFL, and this is not, I'm not trying to bash the CFL. The CFL has a lot of wonderful rules. Um, I think some of their clock rules in the final three minutes allows us to have these awesome endings that we get sometimes. Um, 
but it's far from perfect. And the main crux of this, my little rant here is if you don't like it done to you, don't do it to others. If you like the NFL, watch the NFL. If you like the CFL, watch the CFL. If you like both, like I do, watch both. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed, I immensely enjoyed. Now, some of the NFL playoff games were crap and blowouts, but I've seen, I've sat through some crappy CFL games too. I like the sport of football from the highest of highs with the two professional leagues we have in North America to the college ranks. I like watching the game. If, if you're like me and like watching the game, enjoy it. If you like one over the other, that's cool too. Like, just like what you like, I, be, I think is the, like, let's stop comparing it. Let's stop fighting amongst ourselves. Let's stop fighting with other fans. There's always going to be jerks out there. They're going to try to ruin your time. Like what you like. Just like you said with the whole wrestling thing, it's the same thing. Like what you like. Yeah, and I agree with most of it. I do enjoy the the, the play clock stopping. Yeah, um, you do. You like that, eh? Minutes. I do like it. I think that it it opens up for more possessions, uh, more excitement near the end of the <laughs> yeah, game. But fair. I can appreciate the strategy as well in the NFL. Um, but the yeah, NCAA. So the NCAA. Not to cut you off. The NCAA mm-hmm. has a similar ish rule where after a first down, the clock stops until they spot the ball. I think I like that one because it still gives you the clock stoppage. But it it rewards teams for instead of running on second and three and picking up one yard, it rewards them if they went and you know got the first down. I, I kind of like that. It's a nice hybrid. I think the NCAA has a lot of rules that I think, like mm-hmm. some CFL style rules, some NFL style rules. I think the NCAA has, has found like a good middle ground. I, I would I would be okay with that. Yeah, it's a good mixture in the NCAA. I'll, yeah. I will say that. Um, now, I was going to touch on um, something, but I forget now. Oh, that, that's my uh, bad. I, I've been cutting you off too much. It's my I, I no, got to no. stop. Um, crap. <laughs> well, if it comes back it. to you, just interject. Cut me off yes, okay. if that's the case. Okay. Um, you want to talk about the, the good news, though? All the player re-signings? Yes. Yes. Let's get into it. Okay. What a difference a week makes. I know we had the Dane Evans signing last week, and that was a big deal, and we, we touched on that, so we won't talk about that again. But I think we, we did briefly mention how this rite of passage every single winter, when are the Ticats going to do something? When are the Ticats going to do something? Are you happy now? Because the last week has seen the Ticats re-sign Chris Van Zyl and Brandon Revenberg. Today, as we record on Thursday, they just re-signed Tunde Adelike. They've brought back Poppy White, and eagle-eyed Ticat fans have found uh, on the CFL transaction page that it looks like Siante Evans is coming back. So we'll we'll table the Evans discussion um, for last. But about these four, Van Zyl, Revenberg, Adelike, and Poppy White, which one has you the most excited that they're returning? Uh, Adelike. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a big offensive line guy, and I love those two guys on the offensive line, but... Adelike, you know, really showed his... I mean, we all knew that he was a great player going into this season, obviously, but he really showed his worth uh, in the this past season with the Ticats. You know, when they had injuries, he was playing in different positions in the in the secondary. He's very versatile. So, um, you know, and, and playing at a very high level at those, you know, not normal positions for him. You know, he's normally at safety, which is like he's one of the best safeties in the league, but... Um, when he when he came in for injured players in the secondary, he did a great job. So and he's Canadian, so you know I think Adelike is the number one signing. Yeah, out of the ones that we got this week, I I can't disagree with you. He's one of my favorite players 
on the team and has been since he took over that starting safety spot. You mentioned his versatility. We saw that in the playoffs against Toronto, especially uh, moving out to play uh, field halfback and didn't look out of place whatsoever. Um, seeing the big boys come back is is nice. There were some rumblings from from fans, uh, especially out in Ottawa, that, oh, Sean Burke went to Ottawa. Maybe he'll bring Chris Van Zyl back. And I don't know if I said it on air last week or if I said it. I know I said it to you. I just don't know when I said it. And I've said it before. Chris Van Zyl was never leaving Hamilton unless he was going back to Toronto. He's mm-hmm. from Welland, uh, grew up in Font Hill. He's close to home. He spent essentially his entire career in the area with ex- except for one year in Montreal before he went to Toronto. He wasn't moving to Ottawa at age 38 to go back to a rebuilding team when he rightfully and understandably believes that he could win a championship in Hamilton. This team's been to the last two Grey Cups. There's no reason to think that they won't be in the mix again. It just made complete sense that he would come back here. Getting Brandon Revenberg back, I think, is huge. I think these are the two best offensive linemen the team has, so they they bring Mm -hmm. those guys back. Um, But the thing for me with with these signings is they're all two years. And I think that's significant for a couple of reasons. One, we haven't seen a lot of multi-year deals. And I know two years isn't exactly uh, a long-term deal, but it's more than what we've normally seen the last few years, which is guys signing one-year contracts. Um, And they run out at the end of 2023, and... 2023 is when the Ticats and the city of Hamilton host the Grey Cup again. So it shows me that the team has this, maybe has a plan in place to to get these guys together and keep them together for two seasons with the goal of, I mean, the goal is obviously to win the Grey Cup this year, but maybe they're thinking ahead and going, okay, we're going to try to get these guys here until 2023, and that can kind of be the last hurrah for this crew. Yeah, it'd be nice to... Uh give their last hurrah, you know, back to back, uh, one in Saskatchewan, a little, little payback for that 2013 and then, uh, back at home in, uh, 2023. But yeah, it's nice to have those guys locked up for a couple of years. You know, Brandon Revenberg, one of the best young Canadian, well, fairly young, uh, Canadian offensive lineman in the league. Um, Van Zyl, a ratio breaker at that, uh, right tackle position. You know, he's been in the league so long he's getting up there in age, but I had, you know, I still think he can. Uh, I think I think he has a couple years left in him. So uh, those were, yeah, our, like you said, our best two offensive linemen, and they're coming back now. We just need to build it up a little bit more. They did lose an offensive lineman, though. I forgot. I forgot to mention this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Murray, who I thought by the end of the season, with you know, with the exception of taking that stupid penalty in the Grey Cup, had really started to play pretty well as the team's yep. left tackle. And now he's, uh, I think I saw this afternoon that he had signed with the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL. So that's kind of a, once again, we're going to go into a season with left tackle being a question mark. Are we not? Well, it depends. Uh, you know, Riker Matthews is out there. You know, he's, <laughs> he's supposed to be a free agent. You know, he could, he could sign before free agency, but it'd be nice to bring him back considering uh, we just lost, you know, and he's a, uh, Murray's a monster. I mean, that's the appeal right there yeah. for the NFL, right? He's six nine, over three hundred pounds. He can, uh, you know, he has the size to play down there. So we'll see if he if he sticks. But but I was with. I thought he did a pretty darn good job near the end of the season. Yeah, you can't teach size. So no. the NFL is always looking for guys like that. And if he can play up here, there's I don't any. You know, he spent his the majority of his rest of his football life in the states. I don't really mm-hmm. see uh, any reason why he can't succeed down there. Does the Poppy White deal kind of make you think Brandon Banks might not be back? 
I, I, I don't think Brandon Banks is going to be back. I, I didn't think it before the Pop UI deal. Um, and I don't think they should resign him, to be honest. Uh, he's a great, he's been an all time tie cat. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Speedy B on the field. He, he's been a joy to watch. But, uh, you know, he has a large contract. And, you know, if we can bring him back at, at a very good price, then okay, that's cool. But if I think, you know, he has a pretty big ego. As do a lot of players, you know, you, you have to have a pretty big ego to be a professional football player, but I'm just not sure he's going to take um, a low ball offer. So I, I just don't, I don't see him being back with the Ticats. It would be weird seeing him in another uniform though, wouldn't it? And, and I, I'm, you know, I could see him going to the Argonauts. I really could oh! because if he feels stiffed by the organization, you know, who knows, but uh, oh. I, I could see that happening. That'd be a knife to the heart. That that would be us when we took Chad Owens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that it would, would uh, that completely. would look... even even worse. Uh, you know, Chad Owens was. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. It's about the same. But uh, yeah, I would not. I would not enjoy that. Okay, so Siante Evans. This is you know I have it written in my notes. Siante Evans resigns? Question mark. And the reason it's a question mark is that it hasn't been officially announced. But yet you go to the CFL transactions page, which anyone can go to, and you see that he's been added back to the roster. And that's what that's what you if you go and look at Van Zyl and Revenberg, so on and so forth, you'll see the same thing. And Marshall Ferguson, um, who I've been critical of on the show before, made a very astute point on Twitter today, which is very odd for him. He doesn't normally like he doesn't normally say negative things about the CFL, which is is fine, but this, he was critical of the league for how is there a website that fans can access that they can basically break these signings uh, before the teams have had a chance to announce them. And I, I agree with him. It's kind of ridiculous, no, mm-hmm. that like this can actually happen. That like, Could you imagine if you know Tom Brady's free agency in Tampa and <laughs> some intrepid <laughs> Buccaneers fan found the NFL transaction page and goes, Oh my God, he's been added to the Bucks. Tom Brady's, and you know what I mean. But like before t- mm-hmm. Brady or the team, like it's a, it's it's obviously has yeah, something like to Tom, do Tom with from Tom from Tampa Bay broke the news before Adam Schefter or whatever. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Like it would yeah. be kind of crazy. And like yet in the CFL, it's like the, for the past week, I think the the Evans one is now. Uh, we'll talk about Del- Delvin Bro in a second. His return per potential return was broken in the same way. And I'm pretty sure Chris Van Zyl showed up on there before he was actually announced as re-signed. Um, I, I don't know what the answer to this is. I don't know if the Ticats are just lazy and, and, and don't get ahead of this stuff, but I feel like there should be no way that this should be allowed to happen. Like if you have, if you are registered, I, I, and this is a pure assumption on my part, but I feel safe in this assumption. If you're putting his name on this transaction page, that means his contract has been registered with the league. If that's the case, then he's signed the deal. Why have you not put out a press release to announce that he's signed? It doesn't make any sense to me. And this is just a Tiger Cat thing? like No, I've seen it with other teams before. I think I okay. think it also happened earlier today with Adam Big Hill. I think someone saw Adam uh, Big Hill on there before the Bombers announced his return. Yeah, it just, like, it. if you're going to put it up there, then why not, you know, throw out a press release before that? It just... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm sure it's an easy fix, like really. Mm-hmm. But they just, 
maybe they'll get on their, you know, get off their asses and and figure this out now that everyone's like, what the hell's going on here? Well, I think now maybe the maybe the CFL Twitter community is small and it's just you know and I I get it you know I shouldn't say maybe it's small it's it's small it's not the majority of fans and the majority of fans aren't going to the CFL transactions page to see if guys is signed but there's been a lot of publicity around this um, especially on Twitter with people being like hey it, it started with the Dane Evans thing like someone saw Dane Evans now this was Dane Evans posting on Instagram that he was in Hamilton so that led you know mm-hmm. people put two and two together and got four. But these other ones has has gained some traction too, where you see some of those like news aggregator CFL sites on Twitter, like putting out like Ticat fans have seen this, and here's a screenshot of this. Maybe the attention that this is garnering, and sort of the backlash that it's now garnering as well, maybe this will will cause something to change. Because like again, if it's registered with the league, he's clearly whatever player it is is clearly signed the deal. When he signs the deal, can you not get like a two sentence like I'm so glad to be back we have unfinished business or I'm so glad to be back I can't wait to compete for like even something like boilerplate like that like who cares and then slap it on a on a press release and post it on the website yeah a picture of him signing the contract something like that yeah you know, it's, it's it's not that hard and it just makes the league look bad that uh you know fans are are, are finding out these things it's just it's just a silly like anachronism, I guess, of, of the way the CFL used to, because back in the day, no one cared, right? Like yeah. CFL, like CFL free agency is a big deal now. The CFL is, is bigger now than I think it's it's ever been, in, at least in our lifetimes. Um, there's 24 seven, 365 coverage of the league, whether it's by the league itself or or places like Three Down. Like, there's a lot of coverage for the CFL. People want this news. We're three weeks away from the opening of free agency. Like, people want. We we I, we joked about it at the top here, but it's like Ticat fans are where's our resignings? Where there are resignings? Now that now that you know, and it's getting a little bit more publicity that you can go to this page and see if guys have signed. The page is probably going to crash just from Ticat fans right. looking for guys to come back. Yeah, everybody wants to be the one that breaks the news, right? Yeah. So, um, but I'd argue that there's less coverage than there's ever been. I mean, um, well, I, Three Down does a great job. Um, and, okay, uh, I I, I yes, think I know where you're going. Yeah, but you know, papers don't really cover it. Yeah, um, you know, um, CBC, you know, other Sportsnet doesn't cover it. You know, TSN covers it kind of. <laughs> they own the fuck yeah uh, the, the league and they don't really cover it. Um, so, but I get what you're saying though on the internet, you know, Twitter and all that stuff. It's it's talked about more than it ever has been because anyone can talk about it at any at any, at any time. Yeah, but. and it, it maybe it's a small group of people that are talking about it, but it feels like because of social media, yeah. it's like I remember as a kid, the CFL season would end and I wouldn't hear about it again until May. Like mm-hmm. every now and then you'd get a sprinkling of like I remember when Danny McManus and, and Ron Lancaster and Darren Flutie came to Hamilton. Like you know what I mean? But like yeah. the majority of the time unless it was something major like that and you just waited till the next because you know you had the NFL and then you had NHL if you're into hockey the NBA like there were other things to occupy your time whereas now I find that and maybe it's because we do the podcast maybe because I'm searching out the news but I feel like there's more there's more people interested in the CFL year yeah. round than there ever has been before now maybe that hasn't led to more coverage in fact you, you're you're definitely right there's less coverage of like your traditional media mm-hmm. but I still feel like the conversation. The CFL doesn't leave the 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 the, the fans' minds 
no. when once the season's over. There's still stuff to talk about. Where before, when I was a kid growing up, it felt like, and maybe that's because the internet wasn't as ubiquitous and all that sorts of stuff. Right. Maybe it was just like, okay, the CFL's done. I can move on to something else. Oh, the CFL's back. I'll get back into it. It feels now more like there's there's always a conversation about something CFL related at some point, good or bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's uh, there's a lot more off season news uh, than there used to be. Um, maybe that's partially because CBC wouldn't start carrying games until Labor Day, and TSN mm-hmm. only had one. You know, a week. And I was thinking that maybe that's the reason why we look back at the 90s and think it, it was such great football. Because we, we barely saw, saw it all. Yeah. Yeah. And may, they'd probably pick, like, you know, the best games that they could to get on TV. So maybe we were seeing, like, the best of. You know what I mean? Yeah. We weren't we weren't watching, you know, Shreveport versus Sacramento in right. front of 800 people in a game that was crap. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's just you know what? getting completely off topic here. It's the same thing I think about movies. Like people talk about how there's too many movies nowadays and there's not any good movies, but the movie and oh, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, however many years ago, the movies were better. Well, we only know that because they, they keep showing the ones that were good. I'm sure they made crappy movies in the 1950s. They just don't show them anymore. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the same with our, our collective imagination about the CFL. We remember the 91 Argos or we remember the Baltimore stallions, you know what I mean? But does anyone remember who the starting quarterback for the Shreveport Pirates was? Like, if if it wasn't because Matt Dunnigan was the quarterback for Birmingham, you remember him, can you name another player that played for Birmingham? Like, you don't remember, though, because we didn't see it. And and I think you you have kind of a point where we didn't see all of it, so we didn't have a chance to... See the shit. You see the stuff that sucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think with the movie thing, it's like uh, people complain maybe because... You know, people that aren't into comic books, it seems that well, those yeah, are that's the only fair. movies that get made. And I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm they're not my cup of tea. But um It's repetitive. It just seems like those are the only ones that make money anymore. Yeah. You know no, I, mean? I totally get it. I to, as yeah. a comic book fan, I like I'm over the moon about it, but right. I, I I definitely see the uh yeah, I mean that's a whole other conversation for probably a different mm-hmm. fucking podcast. But <laughs> um another thing that fans found moving on to I t- still talking about football stuff. Um, Delvin Bro potentially returning to the CFL. This was another thing that fans found on the CFL transactions page that he'd been moved from the retired list to the Ticats active roster. Now, this is just kind of a clerical thing. Like, people are like, oh, he's coming back to Hamilton. That's not necessarily true. He's technically a free agent as of February 8th. He's just been added to the team's roster because he has to be. They still own his rights. So he could potentially come back to Hamilton. I think he's likely to come back to Hamilton. Um, that's just my own personal opinion. I feel like if he, I think he was here, if I'm not mistaken, for the playoff game. Maybe even the Grey Cup. He might have been here for the Grey Cup, like help bring the team out on the field. Um, I know he was there Grey Cup weekend. Yeah, he was definitely, yeah, he was definitely here Grey Cup yeah. weekend. I yeah. think he, I think he was with the team. I think he brought the team out of the tunnel. I think it was him and I want to say Jamal Johnson hmm. were like carrying the flags as the team came out of the tunnel. I could be wrong. And it's, Again, I was in the stands. I don't necessarily have the best eyesight. Um, I heard that Bro was on the sidelines. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So okay. So I'm not crazy then. Um, yeah. You got to think that he he'd come back to Hamilton. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a lock. Like if he he's coming back to the CFL, he's gonna he's gonna sign with Hamilton. I bet you know he he just has such a close relationship with the team. I, I don't see him signing anywhere else. No, I, the only thing I could think of is Ottawa because maybe he has a really great relationship with Sean Burke, but perhaps 
I I, I think he's going to come back to the Thai Cats. Uh, yeah. But I do have a. I, I kind of hate this because you stole my thunder. When when this was announced, I was like, oh, when we talked about this on the show, I got the perfect talking point, and you had to bloody well go and tweet it out. Are we sure he's any good anymore? Uh, I don't... I, we assume that he is. I mean, he's been off for two years, right? Um, everyone's excuse for the poor play, offensive play last year was, oh, they were off for a year. Bingo. Well, this guy's been off for two, so, like, what's he going to look like? Um and I'm sure he's in great shape still, uh, but you know when you don't play football for two years, it's it's it might be tough to get uh, back into it. But Delvin Bro has has been through way worse than this. You know he's 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 overcome a broken neck to play professional football, and you know done some amazing things in his life. So I guess that being off for two years is kind of you know small potatoes for him. That's a fair point, and I hate to say but here because it's going to make me sound like a dick. But it's a lot easier to come back from stuff like that when you're in your 20s than sure. when you're in your 30s. Oh, okay. yep. yep. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not in any way saying that coming back off of two years of not playing is the equivalent of returning from a broken freaking neck. I am in no way comparing the two. What he overcame to actually become a professional football player, and had he not suffered an injury, misdiagnosed injury in the NFL, we wouldn't be talking about Delvin Bro playing for the Ticats because he never would have left the NFL. No, to to overcome that, you know. I think he played arena ball, and then he came. Yep. He was an open tryout, came to the Ticats, had a great career here, and then was one of the best DBs in the NFL for a yep. while. For a couple of seasons, so just locking down incredible. guys. Yeah. Um, What was our point? Oh, is he any good? Um, But you, the, the, the point you made about the two-year break, that is what I'm kind of interested in because that was the excuse. It was, oh, you know, guys didn't play a year, and that's what's going to take him a while to get better, and blah 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 blah. And like you said, he's been off for two. So, I mean, I'm more than willing to let him come come in and try. I mean, what's the worst that happens? You sign him, he comes yeah. in, he's not as good as he used to be, and you cut him. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to give him, you know, half a million dollar signing bonus. Like, and I think I don't think the secondary was bad last year, but I think it would have been better if Delvin Bro was a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We agree on that one. I mean, um, you're right. If we bring him in, if he's if he's if he's not if he's not who he was before, and he he doesn't have the talent anymore, or he's just uh, you know he's aged too much, then uh, no harm, no foul. You can just let him go, and it's all good. But uh, I think it's worth the, the look. You know, bring him in. If he is the guy that he used to be, then giddy up. I mean, we that's adding to an already stellar uh, defensive backfield. So. That's, uh, it's a, it's a, you can't lose with the situation, I don't think. Yeah, that's kind of where where I'm at with this. I think it's worth the chance because if he's 85 to 90% of the player he was three years ago, you're getting arguably still the best cornerback in the league. So Right. But let's not forget, in 2019, we had discussions about him. You know, the teams weren't afraid of him anymore, right? That's so, true. You know, he may—he was a little bit on the decline in 2019. So, um, I guess we'll find out, right? I, I guess we will, whether it's here or with another team, because it certainly looks like he's—he's going to make a comeback. Okay, we got some news that slipped. Not well, it didn't slip under the radar. It's—we it, weren't doing shows, and things happened, and we—we uh, still, I still think it's worth talking about. Um, we've mentioned Sean Burke heading to Ottawa. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but 
Berkey leaving his position as the team's assistant general, I think he was co-manager of football operations or something. Um, him leaving uh, kind of created a vacuum in the uh, in the uh, front office staff, so they had to make some changes. Um, one of the things that was prevalent before we we took our hiatus was Orlando Steinhauer was leaving the Ticats to go be the defensive coordinator at the university. Was it Washington or Washington State? Uh, Washington. Washington, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure which one it was. Um, that didn't happen. He's remained as the team's head coach, but was also given the title of president of football operations added to it. And then they made some changes in the front office, kind of some shuffling around. Drew Alamang, who was the who was Berkey's other co-chair or co-manager or whatever it was, uh, he stayed on as assistant general manager, director of Canadian scouting. They brought back Spencer Zimmerman, also as an assistant general manager and director of player personnel. And this is the big one to me, Mike. Ed Hervey added as the assistant general manager and the senior advisor to the president of football operations. We touched very, very lightly on Hervey coming in last week. This is a guy that I still think should be a general manager in this league. And for him to be with the Ticats as an assistant general manager and what essentially looks like the right-hand man to Orlando Steinhauer in the front office is an absolute home run hire by the Ticats. Ed Hervey is a great general manager. Yeah, he got chased out of town. Yep, um, for stupid reasons. Yeah, wasn't wasn't didn't when he got fired? Wasn't that the whole winning isn't everything? Yeah, that was uh, Len and, Rhodes' comment, I think. Yeah, and the Elks have not done a whole heck of a lot of winning since Ed Hervey was shown the door. No, but he was the GM uh, when they won the Grey Cup, right? Two thousand fifteen. Yep. 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 Put that team together, um, and then Chris Jones. You know, some might have something to do with that. He wanted all the the power. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, getting uh, Ed Hervey as a 33.3% general manager or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they, weird. We're three assistant general managers. It's a very weird setup. It is very strange. But, uh, you know, if it works, it works. But you're right. He should be a whole GM somewhere. And uh, to have him as an assistant is uh, a pretty big get because he knows he knows uh, who to bring in to, uh, to win games. So I'm overjoyed that he's part of this franchise. Yeah, it's uh, Spencer Zimmerman. Don't don't sleep on him either. He's not obviously doesn't have the the name of Ed Hervey, but Zimmerman's been with the Ticats and the Argos, bouncing around back and forth numerous times. Really good player personnel guy. He he can mm-hmm. he brings some guys in there pretty good. But yeah, the Hervey thing. When I saw it, I think I texted you almost immediately. Like Ed Hervey, wow! And it was like, yeah. this is uh, it, it came out of left field. I I didn't see anyone mentioning it. I didn't see anyone. Like, you know, guys like Naylor, Dunk, guys like that. No one brought this up, and then it happens, and it's kind of like, all right, they're they're kind of going for it. I, I, I don't know how the front office setup will work, but when you have guys like that, surra- and, and again, Orlando Steinauer has no front office experience, but when you put guys around him that do, when you can bring in a guy that's won a great cup as a general manager as the guy that's going to help the head of the crew, it can't be anything but a good thing. Now, we all know there's a coaching cap, right? Now, if you if you give him that position, does that get around that? Because he's like kind of like front off front office. Ooh, I wonder. So, see, I'm just wondering. Mm. Like, they threw some more money at him. That's just it. Like, if you gave him a raise, are you saying like, oh, this money's allocated towards him being mm-hmm. this versus him yeah. being the head coach? I do yeah. wonder. It's interesting. It's a good right? point. That coach's mm. cap is so stupid. It is. It's dumb, and we already have the. the I worst think it's. Coaches. I think it's hurt the league. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we already have the worst coaches in North America. Um, <laughs> you got Blumpkins like, uh, you know, Rick Campbell and. Freaking, uh, Don't and... look that up, kids. That is not something you want to look up. 
<laughs> I should have said bumpkins. You should have said bumpkins. I yeah. Should have slid that L in there. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, got guys like someone's gonna Rick? someone is gonna look up Blumkin and they're gonna think you're a goddamn freak. Wow. Uh, uh, it's out, it's out, it's out there now. John. <laughs> Can't be put back in the bag. <laughs> I could I could erase it, but I'm not gonna. I'm leaving no, that it. in. Blumpkin. Oh boy, we're gonna have a Blumpkin T-shirt up in the next week. <laughs> uh, no, we're no, we're not. That'll be a hot seller. That'll oh, be a top seller God. right there. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? I was saying that, like, you know, in North America, you get like, for instance, uh, Steinhauer. If you would have took that job. Uh, as a defensive coordinator in Washington, it would have been worth seven figures. Mm-hmm. So you're getting paid more in in university ball, obviously in the NFL. Um, you know, you got guys like even even Dave Dickinson. I mean, I bet you he hasn't changed anything since Huffnagel. I bet you he's the exact same. And, and his brother there, Craig Dickinson, like are these head coaches like really? Like they're, they're, they look like Ned Flanders. <laughs> no, it's like. This is why I'm kind of happy that Chris Jones is back in the league. You get a little, you know, uh, I don't know, a little cowboy, a little, little, uh, you know. Uh, we got, we got some dickhead back. You can say it. Back. We don't got these. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. I think that that's part, part, partly part of the problem in the CFL is the coaching. Um, I, I just think these off- offensive coordinators are horrifically bad. Everyone runs the same offense. No one has any creativity. Um, I think the coaching in the CFL is just terrible. Man, we're getting into a lot of CFL NFL stuff, but do you find that the NFL is more uh not more, less cautious than see like we've seen CFL coaches punt on and Orlando mm-hmm. Steiner is one of them yes. on like third and one and you know, six inches. Where in the NFL you got like Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, is going for it on fourth and six from his own thirty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and there's there's a time and place for gambling, but I think that I think you're right. I think there's way too much there's too much caution in the CFL. Yeah, there's way too worried. They're so they're so scared of going in on third down. I think it'd be a lot, you know. And it's not about exciting product to the coaches. I know that, but I think that. Going for it more in third down would would add a lot to the excitement of the game. Well, and think the way I think about it too, how many coaches in the league right now do you think are a non playoff season away from losing their job? Will Mike O'Shea get fired if the Bombers don't make the playoffs next year? Absolutely not. Orlando Steinhauer, absolutely not. Uh, the Dickinsons, no. Um, okay, La Police. So there's a, there's a few. But like, if if the guys that are the most successful are afraid to do this when they're not coaching for their jobs, mm-hmm. what does that say to the guys that are, are like Rick Campbell, as you <laughs> Blumpkin, as you called him, <laughs> are on the hot seat? Like they're going to be even because they're really worried about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I do just wish that that teams would be a little more adventurous, a little more right. cavalier with like field. Yeah, a huge field to take advantage of, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, like I third, and third, you don't have a play on third, and like you have, you have, you run plays um, from the two yard line for a two point convert, and it's like, oh, this is the play, this is the, it's always going to work. You don't have a third and two play from the forty six that you can run to keep the ball. Like I don't get it. No, I don't get it either. Punt, punt, punt. Yeah. They always punt. Um, maybe it's because they don't trust the offensive line, but like. Uh, 
That's not an excuse. Like, but no team, team does. No, yeah, no, but that's that's you said. I, I would understand it if it was a handful of teams. If it's like if you're Ottawa right. or you know what I mean, or you're BC. I mean, it's just the way it is. It seems like it's like the same logic with loading up the offensive line with Canadians. Like no one has ever diversed out of that thinking and maybe changed it up a bit. Nope. Every single team is going to do the exact same thing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's so silly. It's silly. It's a, it's a, you know it's that 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 old quote. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wish there would someone would come in here because you remember back in the day, and and this is it, but I think this has been a long term CFL problem. You would see the same coaches get recycled. Like you would yeah. see Dave Ritchie would get like six different jobs, and it's like why do people keep hiring Dave Ritchie? He's mediocre at best, and. We're kind of like we saw it in BC, like Ottawa fires Rick Campbell, and BC went and immediately hired him. But it's like Rick Campbell's not despite that him good. having a terrible record. Yeah, in he's the not that good a coach. No, he's not. It's it, it, it and yes, it happens in the NFL. Rick Kotite coached two teams. Eric Mangini got fired by the Jets and was immediately hired by the Browns, who then immediately fired him the next year. Chip Kelly was fired by the Eagles. The Niners brought him in. They fired him after a year. Like you see it in all, all like guys just get second, third, and fourth chances, and you're like. Can we just like what happens if we find someone new? Like, get some fresh blood in here. Maybe, maybe it changes it up. And I'm not advocating for the coaches to be fired and what or anything like that. Mm. But like, I just I would like a little bit of spice. Like, it's just it's kind of when you when you watch the CFL sometimes. As much as I love it, it can feel a little bland because teams yeah. are all the, kind of the same. Yeah, and June Jones came in here. He put in the run and shoot. And it worked, and it was exciting. It was right? different. I mean, June Jones isn't the greatest head coach of all time, but it was different, and it was exciting, and it was fun to watch. That's, you know, that's, why are head coaches all the same? Why are the offensive coordinators all the same? It's like, goddamn, switch it up a bit. Yeah, it's like something catches, and you just go. Like, I was watching, um, it was weird. I was watching uh, kind of a highlight tape of the Texas-USC Rose Bowl National Championship from like 15 years ago. Um, it, I think it's the greatest football game ever played. Matt Leinart lined up under center every single play I saw. You never see that nowadays. It's everything never. is from the shotgun. Yeah. And I guess that they say it's, oh, because it helps the quarterback process things more and all that other sorts of stuff. Now, Vince Young, every play I saw with Vince Young, he was in the shotgun. But Matt Leiner was under center on every single play. And Matt Leiner used to spray around. The, Matt Leiner won a Heisman because of the numbers he put up at USC. So it's it's funny that now you see how often, it, it, at, whether it's the CFL or the NFL, do you see the quarterback under center? It's almost never. It's almost yeah. never. Someone's got to come along. And, and like we saw it with the Wildcat. And then that changed. And then everyone caught on to that. And then RPOs became a thing. And... Someone's got to come in at some, whether it's the NFL or the CFL, and change things up again, and maybe then we'll we'll see some some changes. But yeah, it's just uh, I don't know how we got on the topic of bland CFL coaching, but uh, yeah, I just I just wish we could get a, a few changes. Um, we did get some changes, however, Mike, in the Tiger Cats ownership structure. Um, Bob Young didn't sell the team; he's still the majority owner, but he's he's founded this thing called the Hamilton Sports Group. With Scott Mitchell, who we all know works, uh, I think he's the president of the Ticats or CEO of the Ticats. I can't remember his title. Uh, Jim Lawson, who at one point was the interim commissioner, and Stelco, the big steel manufacturer in the city, have all formed the Hamilton Sports Group and now are all 
partners in owning both the Ticats and uh, the soccer team Forge FC. This kind of came, like, speaking of coming out of nowhere, like, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, but when you see things like this, people investing, buying an equity stake in the franchise, doesn't it tell you or at least give you good feelings that maybe this is on the right path? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the Tiger Cats have been on the right path for a number of years now, ever since Bob Young took over the, the team. Um, we know it took a while for them to build it up. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they said they, you know, made a profit for the first time. Um, so, yeah, it tells me that, you know, uh, a company like Steelco will, you know, thinks that there's opportunity here. Um, you know, you wouldn't say that about the Tiger Cats back in, you know, 2002 or before Bob Young bought the team. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was not good. It was not good for the franchise back then. But right now, you know, there's Tiger Cats have a ton of fans. The the stadium's always sold out. Um, my guess would be, you know, they sell uh, a large amount of merchandise for a CFL team. Um, you know, every time you look at the stands in a CFL game in, in Hamilton. You know, everyone's always dressed in Tiger Cat stuff. You you don't say the same thing for for Montreal, for an example. Um, they, you know, I think this it's on good footing right now, and this tells me that it's uh, it's going in the right direction for sure. Well, the Stelco thing is the one that really pops out to me because they've been in Hamilton for a hundred years. Yeah, they could like the, the identity of the of yes. the city for a long time. Yeah, the, the two steel fast still going to Fasco, yep. the Steel City. We're called the Steel City for a reason. They could have invested in the Thai Cats at any point over the last seventy five years. You know what I mean? Like yep. at any point in, in this franchise's existence, essentially, they could have sunk some money into this, and they didn't. This team was up for bankruptcy. They could have bought them. They didn't, but now they are, and and. That says to me that this franchise is on stable ground, that Stelco thinks that the league is on stable footing, which, again, maybe people will disagree with that, but a major company like this that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars is not going to piss away money. Like, this, like you know how people say, like, oh, MLSE doesn't care about the Argos, and it's like a, it's a drop in the bucket to their losses, which is true. Stelco's not going to invest after years of not investing just to lose money. So there must be some value in this franchise. And the only way the franchise has any value is if the league has any, has some value. So the league must have some value as well. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. I don't (laughs) don't know. know. I I really don't know. No. And and I'm not a businessman. This is all me just kind of like, you know, off the cuff thinking like, why would they get involved at this point in time? There's gotta be a reason. So I don't know. they, they, They can make, you know, not a ton of money, but, I think they can, you know, make money off the Tiger Cats. I think they're a strong enough franchise that they can uh, turn a profit and, and maybe build up Forge. You know, and at what point in the entire existence of our lives have we been talking about the Tiger Cats and profitability? Barely Never, ever, really. Barely Never ever, really. Except for a couple of years ago, when yeah. Uh, yeah, think about that. So I don't know. And if the Tiger Cats are profitable, the only way the Tiger Cats can ma- mean anything. Profitability wise, if the league exists, there's no CFL, there's no Ticats, so there's nothing to own. So, I don't know. To me, this this uh, this is a bit of good news, given all the negative stuff we keep hearing about the Argos and Montreal and BC and all that other sort of stuff. Um, CFL news, though, Mike, we did miss a couple of big things that happened over the last month. 
Uh, the biggest one was, and you mentioned it or touched on it at least a little earlier, Chris Jones is back in the CFL as the head coach of the Edmonton Elks, the team that he once led to a Grey Cup championship. Jones is a divisive figure. I think that's fair to say. Um, there are a lot of Elks fans that are not happy with his return. Uh, <laughs> I laughed at the fact that Chris Jones said he's tired of moving around. I, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, there's no doubt that he's a winner. Uh, there's no doubt he, what he did in Edmonton as the head coach winning a championship. What he did in Saskatchewan, taking over a terrible team and turning them into a respectable... He never won a title in Saskatchewan, but he he is one of the reasons that they were able to become the franchise they are today. From an on-field perspective, I think it's a great hire. Off the field, eh, maybe not. What do you think? I think it's a good hire, and... Uh... I, I know he's been, you know, he's moved around, he's left franchises, um, but let, let's take a look. Okay, so he left Edmonton, right, for Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. For more money, right? Yes. So when players do that, uh, it's it's great, right? I mean, everyone loves it. Like, Twitter just... Okay, um, fair, fair. ...falls over every, you know, it's just, it's it's such a great thing. Good for him, good fair, for him. Fair, fair. But when, uh, when Jones did it, it's like, oh, what an asshole. Oh, what the, what the hell is he the doing? Only, okay, so he okay. goes to Saskatchewan. The, the only thing I'll push right? back on you on there, I'll, I'll, this is my slight pushback, yeah. is that he was negotiating with the Riders as he was trying to lead a team to a championship. So, I mean, I think, and this is, again, this is putting fan brain on, I think that that rubs people the wrong way because it's like, shouldn't you be all in? But I see your point, and I, I concede your point. Okay. Now, he, then he goes to Saskatchewan. He's there for, what, three years? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. He turns around the franchise, just like Henry Burst has done for some <laughs> uh, um, You know, you're right, he didn't win a Grey Cup, but uh, they, were, they were damn closer to making it there in his last season. Um, you know, he gets a job in the NFL. That's probably been his dream his whole life. Yep. He probably thought he could go there and maybe step up the ladder. Christ, you're making, um, a, oh, you're making a good argument here. Yeah, it didn't turn out, you know, the way he wanted. Um, then, you know, he's, he's chewed out of the NFL and... Um, chewed and spit out, and then he ends up at a high school football team coaching there. Um, and I guess he leaves for for Edmonton. But listen, I, I well, he left for Toronto. Let don't forget to stop oh, yeah, in Toronto. Okay. My bad, my bad. Yeah. I left for Toronto, and then and then he gets a job in Edmonton. Um, I don't. I think he's. I don't think he's going to be leaving. I, I just don't. Unless he gets fired, I think he's going to be here for the next four years. I know. Um, Everyone has, thinks the same way on Twitter, and everyone said the exact same thing over and over and over again, how he's not going to last and all this stuff. Um, but I don't think, like, where is he going to go now? I just don't I don't think that he's, like, as... Um, he's not a hot commodity like he was mm-hmm. back when... I just... I, I will bet you $100 right now that he lasts four years. Unless he gets fired. Ooh. Okay, okay, unless he gets fired. Out. You started laying out your argument, and when you said the player thing, I was like, son of a bitch, because he's right. You're right. If a player left a team to make more money elsewhere, we'd applaud it. If a player leaves the CFL to try the NFL, we applaud it. If a player gets sent, if, if a player hits rock bottom and tries to build themselves back up by something like the equivalent of coaching at a high school. And then he makes it back. We applaud it. 
I think people just don't like Chris Jones. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's partly just the way he is. Um, like we said, you know, the, there's some dickhead back in the league. And he is a bit of a dickhead. I will admit yeah. that. Like, I'm not like a big Chris Jones fan or anything. I just think that people um, jump, you know, they just don't like him. So yeah. everyone, you know, and I, I don't think, I think he's here to stay. I, I really do. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I think that he, I don't think he has anywhere else to go. I think this is the highest he's going to go. Um, it feels like a CFL player. It feels like a CFL player who tried the NFL, bounced around from, and he only went to Cleveland, but bounced around from practice squad to practice squad and then was like, I don't have anywhere else to go. I got to come back. Yeah. And I think he's he's happy um, where he is right now. He's content. Um, and I think he's going to be here for the length of the contract. I oh, I hate the fact that, that was a freaking amazing art. Oh, Jesus. I'm not used to being out debated by somebody. <laughs> but when you lay it out like that, there's I, – now, I don't know if he's going to make the length of his contract. Um but I'm not willing to bet $100 on it, I'll tell you that much, because you really did lay out a really compelling argument as to why maybe he's not as bad a guy as people think. God damn it, you're, that was that was very good, very good. Um, okay, someone we know is not a bad guy, Sean Burke. Uh, I mean, he's public enemy number one, well, not public enemy number one, but we don't like him on here anymore because he's now the general manager of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Mm-hmm. And I thought what Sean Burke did with the Ticats was... He came up, I believe he started as like an intern in like the communications department and rose up to what was essentially the co-general manager position with the franchise. He's been, I think he was with Hamilton since 2007. Um, so when his name was floated in Ottawa, I was like, oh, there's no way Berkey's going to leave. He's a Ham- he's a Ticats guy. But given the chance to run his own franchise by himself, you can't fault the guy for leaving for that. So I wish him, I wish him the best. But I hate him because now he's Ottawa's GM. And... I think he's good at his job, and I think he's going to make Ottawa a better team. And mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want Ottawa to suck. So, yeah. what do you? What did you think when you heard the news that that Burke was leaving to go to the Red Blacks? It was a bit surprising because, like you mentioned, he was you know he rose up the ranks in the in the Tiger Cat organization, and I take my hat off to him for doing that. It's uh, it was qu- quite the climb for him. Um, I'm happy for him, like you are. Uh, you know, it is a loss for the Tiger Cats, but. Um, you know, bringing a guy in like Ed Hervey, I think, um, you know, lessens that blow, right? So uh, I wish him the best in Ottawa, but uh, I hope we kick the crap out of him every time we play him. <laughs> Do you think he can turn them around? Uh, I think he can. I think he can. Uh, it might take a while, but I think that, uh, uh, you know, he's he's going to be there for a while, and I think that he has the, the talent and the eye for talent that uh, it will turn around that franchise. They probably need a quarterback. Do you th- We've saw the reports that La Police wants Strevler to be a starter. Obviously, people are making the Mazzoli connection because Mazzoli's not going to be back in Hamilton. Where do you think they go at quarterback? Or do you think they stick with Caleb Evans and Duck Hodges for crying out loud? They got to get somebody right. right. I don't think they can go into the, the 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 training camp with the same two guys from last year. I think they have to bring someone in. It's got to be Mazzoli well, or maybe Trevor Harris. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Mazzoli or Trevor Harris. I saw something that Trevor Harris gave an interview and said he'd be open to mm-hmm. going back to Ottawa. Um, yeah, one of those two guys, if I had to lay money at, I'm not sure they're going to go backwards and, you know, do Harris again. So may, maybe Mazzoli. Um, 
Yeah, I'll go with Mazzoli. It'll be worth keeping an eye on. Free agency opens in like three weeks, so it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, okay, you would like the floor. There's something you want to talk about, so uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, let you lead this discussion here, Mike. Okay, so there's been a lot of discussion about uh, from players in the league. You know, how can we make the league better, essentially? You know, how can we get more fans? We want to get paid more money. Uh, how can we do this? And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about marketing and, and all that stuff, but it's just going to be an uphill battle for the CFL. It really is. Um, people, general people, you know, the, the, uh, want the general sports fan who, you know, doesn't pay attention to the CFL, just pays attention to the big leagues. Um, they want to see the best players. They just do. Uh, you know, they think the CFL is um, – filled with NFL rejects, not good enough. Um, and, and that's not my thoughts on this. That's just what they think. Um, and I think that's going to be a tough thing to get over. Uh, no amount of marketing is going to make these guys NFL players. And that's what the general public want to see. They want to watch the best in the world. They want to watch the NFL players. That's why people drive three or four hours to go to Buffalo or to Green Bay to watch Packers games um, instead of, going to a professional football game right in their backyard. It's so convenient. It's right there. But people won't do it because it's not the best in the world. And I think these players are a little naive. Like, have no one, have they never heard this concept? Like, it's like someone says it to them on Twitter and it's like, it's the first time they've ever heard that. And they, you know, Derek Dennis is um, an interesting character. Uh, I think he says a lot of stupid things and he's he, he has his right to his opinion, obviously. Um, but are you saying that CFL and NFL talent are the same? I just, yeah, I, I don't know about that. That's what he said. He said there might be one or two players on the roster in the NFL that are better than CFL players, but otherwise there is no talent gap. And I'm like, really, man? Like I love the CFL. I love the players in the CFL. I think they're friggin' tremendous athletes and they're, and they're great. And, you know, I've been watching my whole life. I defend them at everything, but I think that's a bit of an ego thing, right? He's not yes. in the NFL. He's not in the NFL, so he has to make up in his mind that oh, I'm just as good as them. It's just because of I don't know what. I don't know. I haven't heard his answer of why he's not playing in the NFL, but I have heard him say that, that there's no talent gap between the two leagues, and that's just ridiculous. Is it not? It is because everyone who plays in the CFL, if they could play in the NFL, will be playing in the NFL, and that's not a knock on the CFL. You make no, more money in the it's NFL. Money. If you and I could make more money at another job, we would leave our jobs and go work at that other job. It's yeah. not, not nothing to do with you could love your boss, you could like your boss, you could love your coworkers. Like it, it's it's all about money. It's a job. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's what it's putting food on the table for your family or for yourself, keeping a roof over your head. They got they'd be in the end, and that's and I feel like people think that when you say like they're not as good as what's in the NFL, that that's us like knocking them. It's it's not. I do think that there's guys in the NFL that would come up to the CFL and not hack it. We've seen it a number of times. Good players come up. It's never been your Tom Brady's or your Peyton Manning's or your Aaron Rodgers or or guys like that. But we have seen NFL guys come up here and not make it. And that kind of gives the CFL fan and maybe the CFL player a chance to like puff out their chest like Ricky Williams couldn't do it up here. So it shows that that we're good. I just don't like this idea that we have to constantly have this discussion of comparing the two Mm -hmm. leagues 
You know what I mean? Like we kind of started the show talking about it. And we're ending the show talking about it. Let them be what they are. If Derek Dennis think and Derek Dennis plays, he knows he will know more about football than you or I. He'll forget more about football than you or I will ever know. Yep. Maybe he knows better than we do. But if these guys and yes, there's a finite amount of jobs in the NFL. But if these guys in the CFL could all make it in the NFL, they'd be in the NFL. Like in the NFL, yes, there's politics at play. There's of course we Liram Hyrula, who's a, a classic example. He was in camp with the LA Rams from all reports was the absolute best kicker, but they cut him because they drafted a kicker uh, and they were like, well, we used a draft pick on him. We got to use him. And then he gets his opportunity. I think he kicked for the Cowboys. I think he kicked for the Panthers. Liam Hyrulah, who can kick in the NFL. We've seen him up here kick 50-yard field goal after 50-yard field goal. Just don't ask him to kick a 43-yard field goal because I'll miss that one. Um, or kick a ball, not a kick a ball out of bounds. I'm still bitter about that. Um, <laughs> but I, I know it, it comes off like, I, I don't know, maybe naive to think yeah. that. I, I, I don't know. It just, it feels, I don't know. I, I think your point about, <clears throat> pardon me. I think your point about fans wanting the best is true. And when you and I were discussing this before the show, like you sent me a text message about it. And I'm thinking, and I go, okay. The Canadian Premier League, and not to bring it to soccer, because I know you hate soccer. Canadian Premier League, I don't see this. And maybe it's just a football thing. Because I don't see CPL fans going, well, you know the guys in this league, they could really compete in, in the German League, or they could really go over to England and kick some. They're, and yes, maybe it's a smaller fan base, but the CFL doesn't have a super large fan base. But they're just they're happy that their 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 city has a team. Like I've seen the way Hamilton's adopted Forge. There's not a big soccer community here, at least as far as I know. And Forge is one of the teams that has the highest ticket sales. Now it helps that they're good, winning two of the last three championships and getting as far as they did in, in international play. But I don't see fans of Canada's other domestic pro sports league constantly want to compare themselves to the biggest and the best. Now, maybe that has to do with the fact that those leagues are, are in an, another continent and maybe soccer fans just don't feel the need to constantly try to, I don't know, inflate what they like. Cause like I've, I've the, the forge fans that I follow also tend to like TFC and also have a team they like over in Europe. So maybe you're, Soccer culture is a little different. And, and you know, they're used to t- sort of tiers of teams in right. soccer. Like, yeah. there's like five divisions of English soccer. So maybe that has something to do with it, too. But it seems that this is wholly a CFL-NFL thing here. And maybe it's because maybe it's because all our other leagues are, are shared with the U.S. Like, we don't have our own professional hockey league. We don't have our own professional baseball league. Um, we do have our own professional... Um, basketball league now and a bunch of those players have just been signed NBA contracts because of all the COVID stuff and some of them are doing really well and everyone's happy but you don't see them compare anyway but for some reason when it comes to football there's always this want and desire to build up the CFL by dismissing or downplaying the NFL when there's nothing wrong with saying and I have no qualms about saying it the NFL is the best football on the planet with the best players Tom Brady would come up to the CFL 
and absolutely destroy everyone who plays in it. He'd be the best quarterback by a mile, and that's no disrespect to any of the quarterbacks in the CFL. There's nothing wrong with that being the case. There's nothing right. wrong. They're two different leagues. They have two different rules. We talked about it earlier. Why but do the players? The players just seem to want. I know that. And this is another thing. Apparently, like all the players think that the CFL is just rolling in dough. And yeah, like, that I don't really. They're understand. hiding all the money from them or something. And there's a couple teams that make you know a couple million a year. You know, it's Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, um, used to be Edmonton. Um, but otherwise, like they're just scraping by, man. Like, and I, I haven't seen the books, but you know that's just how it's been for for so long. And um, like they want to get paid more, and I want them to get paid more too. But where's this money coming from? You know what I mean? Like, um, they're. You know, it's not the CFL is kind of lucky in a way. You know, is does the AHL get the the promotion that the CFL gets? Does do, are people getting paid a ton of money in the G League and basketball or AAA baseball? Is AAA baseball, you know, um, getting prime time coverage on you know a major sports network in the states or Canada? Um, so, the, like the CFL is a secondary league. It just is, and and uh, sometimes I feel like we should get more attention. And sometimes I feel like we're pretty lucky that we get the attention that we have because no other secondary league gets the attention that the CFL gets. I'll bring it back to the Canadian Premier League. No one covers them. Yep. They One of the players for Forge is on loan, with a, a tryout loan with the Vancouver Whitecaps, and I just saw an article today talking about him, and they mentioned Forge. And that's one of the first times I have ever seen the CPL mentioned by TSN. It is our domestic soccer league and they don't cover it. Why is that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So in a way you're kind of right. Now maybe the CFL's heritage allows, you know, it's been around Mm -hmm. for a hundred years and and, in one form or another. And that, that brings sort of a, a little bit more of a cachet to it. Like maybe in 50 years time when more than likely you and I are probably both dead. Maybe the CFL, the CPL does lead when, when they crown a champion on sports center. Um, but it, it, without it coming off as negative, because that's what, that's what it's going to come off as the CFL is not the biggest professional football. It's the biggest professional football league in Canada. It's not the biggest professional football league on the continent. And unfortunately the NFL, I don't know. I like it. it this is such a difficult conversation to have because I don't know how to talk about it without coming off as if we're bashing the CFL and I don't right. want to do that. But I also but am realistic I. in knowing that there's just, there's a giant gap between the two. Right. And the, the, like I said, I want the players to get paid more. I think they deserve more, you know, the way that they uh, put their bodies on the line for our entertainment. And in a perfect world, they would be getting paid a lot more, but the economics just don't, you know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And they, they're really naive in thinking that the CFL is rolling in cash. And I've had, I had a conversation in Edmonton uh, with a player uh, a couple of years ago, and he said the same thing to me. The CFL has tons of money. It's like, okay, whatever you say, you know. So what's the solution? That, like the players want to get paid more, so they got to create revenue. We've seen the league try a bunch of stuff. Do we just have to accept the fact that the CFL at the level it's at is the level it's always going to be? I think so. I, I really do. I just I don't see growth in Canada. Um, you know, we, you know, we could get a team in Eastern Canada, but I don't think that's going to happen. 
you know, it's easy for, you know, the CBL or CPL to expand because especially the, the basketball, because there's just arenas all over the country yeah. that are available. Um, but it's different for football um, when you have to get a 20,000, 25,000 seat stadium. Um, you know, the only way that I could see growth is expanding into the States and that could be the death blow with a league at the same time. Well, the whole XFL merger talks yeah. from a year ago was we can't do that. It will kill the league. And yeah. So I just think that it's going to be a nine team league. Um, you know, uh, quarterbacks will be getting paid $500,000. Top Canadians will get 200,000, you know, rookies will get 65,000. I think it's just going to be the same um, for our lifetimes. I just don't see any growth with the league. Um, yeah, it would be great if they marketed better and put some more money into it. Maybe you could see some growth, but I just don't think that it's going to be enough to uh, satisfy these players, uh, what they think they deserve um, to get paid. And the players do deserve to get paid more. They're putting their bodies online yeah, for crying out loud. Like they do, but if the money's not there, the money's not there. Yeah. If you're overpaying guys, then there might not be a league, right? I mean, I, I don't want to get too dramatic here, but like, you know, obviously he's not going to kill the league if they pay players a little bit more. But, um, you know, we saw it back in the 90s where they're giving up million dollar contracts to Flutie and stuff like that. It just wasn't, it just didn't work. It wasn't sustainable. It wasn't, we, You've mentioned it on the show before, the 96 Grey Cup, there rumblings that was going to be the end of the league. Mm-hmm. And if not for an influx of NFL money, there wouldn't might have not have been a CFL after 1996. So, I don't know. It, this is definitely a discussion that's worth having. Um, I'm actually glad the players are talking about it because maybe if they feel more involved that maybe they'll they'll try to do something else. And there's, there's little things for players too. Like I saw, maybe it was Dennis that mentioned it, but I've seen it mentioned before. They're not allowed to get outside sponsorship deals. Like yeah, that's ridiculous. If you're if you're gonna say that you're you know you got you're a salary cap league and you're gonna you're gonna underpay guys and I, I hate using that term but that's a, for for what they have to do you they are underpaid. You're not letting them go get a shoe contract or a glove contract or you know what I mean like yeah, that's really that. that's really dumb but as far as I'm concerned. Realistically, like. Who's going to be giving out, you know, shoe deals or yeah, whatever? Maybe to, to maybe CFL they won't. Guys. But but for the for the like, you're you're telling me that there's not, and maybe it's even something local. There's not someone that would have given Brandon Banks some sort of sponsorship. Yeah. Con- like I don't even see. Like I watch a lot of Bills games because the, my, one, my dad's a Bills fan, and two, they're the they're the local NFL team. And sometimes when you watch the games on like the channels, they they still show the American feed if, like, the Bills... Or if you watch it on DAZN, like, my dad has that, and I go over there every Sunday and watch games. You're watching it, you see local commercials, and you right. see guys in ads for car dealerships, and you see guys in ads for... And it's not always, you know, in the Bills, it's Josh Allen, but it's not always Josh Allen. Sometimes it's the tight end, who, who just this year became a star. Or it's, like, the linebacker, or it's one of the defensive backs. It's, like, it's not the guy that's, like, a household name, but it's a dude in a Bills jersey trying to sell you some furniture. We don't even see that. Like you turn up, like there's, I don't Granted, I don't watch a lot of like local Hamilton television, like CH still exists, but I don't, it's not like, again, it's not the age of that, but like you don't even get that. You're telling me that there's not some local car dealership or furniture store or restaurant of some sort that's advertising. I couldn't slap Simone Lawrence's face on there and be like, Simone Lawrence, he's at hamburger. You should like it. Even yeah, little things nice. like that yeah. could, could help guys a little bit. Yep. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense for them to let them do that. Um, 
because and it would be a regional thing, right? I mean, yeah. you're playing in Saskatchewan or Winnipeg, um, you probably get more offers um, than compared to like Toronto or BC. But For sure. they should have that option, right? So For sure. That's, a, that's the one good idea that uh, Derek Dennis threw out there. I think that was him. I think you're correct. But also, if you put a guy like let's uh, give me give me a player in Toronto, uh, Eric Rogers, not a household name. Like he's a household name among CFL fans. But if you if he has the might of MLSE behind him, and I'm not going to get into I don't want to get into a debate about MLSE caring about the CFL. What I'm just saying, you throw him on a bus ad again, you know, bus adverts, billboard stuff. That's not the marketing of the of now. But in a city of four million people, if you have Eric Rogers on a subway advert selling, who the hell knows anything like sandwiches from the local sub place. And he's in there with his Argos jersey on. Maybe it catches some eyeballs. You don't know. Yep. You don't know. And and maybe it adds 20000 to his, you know, here's a $20,000 thing. You got to do a couple ads for it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, little things like that that would allow people to increase their income with it being not football related. I don't, that, that doesn't seem like that should be a problem. That should be no. a no-brainer. Absolutely. I just... Yeah, I, I never heard that they're not allowed to do that. It's it's very strange because I remember like Weston Dressler was in a Humpty's commercial. Yeah, maybe it's day. not that sort of stuff. Maybe it's more the equipment stuff. I know that they're not allowed to wear certain, like they have to wear whatever oh, the league right. supplies them for their on-field gear. Okay, right. So maybe okay. it's not necessarily that. But then again, I also don't know, like you said, the Humpty's commercial, he's wearing a Riders jersey. Was that set up by the Riders and they get a piece of it? Could have been, could have been. But like, yeah, I've like seen... whatever you can do to, to make these guys, you know, different revenue streams for themselves um, would be a great thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a downer to end the show on, but uh, I don't know. Free agency's coming up. That'll be exciting. Yeah, it's always exciting with all the free agents we have every year now. So, um, yeah. even you got to make that negative. God damn it. <laughs> I don't, but I kind of like it, actually. I kind of like it. I, I don't. I don't like, you know, I kind of like the all the free agencies. It's it's kind of exciting, you know. I can see both sides of the argument, but yeah. Yep. The the only argument that I would make against the one-year contracts is buying jerseys. It almost makes it impossible to buy a player jersey because yeah. you never know if the guy's going to be there from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big uh, pushback for it, right? But uh yeah. Is the new CBA, they'll have to do something about it. And, uh, you know, I remember the last time, this is what the players wanted, right? So Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I, I don't hear the players complaining. It's no. not the players that are complaining. It's the media and the fans and yeah. the teams. It's yeah. not the players complaining about one-year deals because, I mean, Zach Caleros just re-signed today in Winnipeg. He signed. He's the reigning MOP, two, back-to-back Grey Cup championships, and the Grey Cup MVP signed a one-year contract extension. Could you imagine... If who won the Super Bowl last year? Oh, for crying out loud, it was Brady. Um, who won it before that? Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and he just signed like last year his ten-year contract extension. Could you imagine if he signed a one-year deal after his rookie? It's crazy. Not unless it was for like five hundred million dollars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and again, the reason players don't sign is these contracts aren't worth crap. Mahomes signs a 10-year contract because there's $260 million in guarantees that the Chiefs will have to pay out whether they keep him or cut him. doesn't yep. exist in the CFL. So, 
I don't know, maybe getting more guarantees and contracts might uh, might have teams keep guys around longer but or sign longer deals. But, I mean, that's probably another discussion for another day. We've already been here for over an hour, so most people by the end of here are probably like, will these two just shut the F yeah, up and get, up. get over? Wrap it up. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was Pod's Community for this week. I'm Josh Smith. And my Graham, eat them raw. Eat them raw.